0: Well, good evening, saints of the Most High. How are you? It's Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. Man, that's crazy to think about. And it's reflection time. The title of tonight's message is Reflection on Moreover. Now, subtitle is Reflecting in Rome. I'm going to let you think about that for a little while. The Lord, in his inexhaustible wisdom and might, has led us collectively down a Remember and Reflection series. This series was designed by God to secure us as sons, and it will finish its work. Look, we want to begin this evening by saying we are confident in Him who began a good work in us. That He will bring us collectively to the completion that He set out for. Do you guys have confidence in Him? Amen. Let your confidence begin to overflow this morning
1: as we review this evening, as we review a little bit. During the week of April 25th, we moved into remember step one. Do you guys remember that? Yes. I'm glad that you're learning to remember what we're remembering as a church. Yeah. We also reflected that same week on the first day that you stood in his presence. You know what? I remember the day I stood in the Lord's presence for the first time. It was the beginning of a revelation that the Lord wanted more than just outward conformity from my life. He wanted an actual inward transformation. In his presence, I remember so vividly that my heart was burning within me as I began to long for a greater intimacy with my father and a supernatural transformation in my life from the inside out that only He could provide for me.
2: Man, that's so good. I remember the day I stood in the Lord's presence. It was as if in a moment, the direction and trajectory of my life was laid out before me. I experienced a reality that I had previously not known. I felt secure. I felt clear. I felt courageous, and I felt unstoppable. Have you guys experienced that before? In a moment, I experienced a washing away of my previous conceptions of who the Father was. Right, Carlos? I got to experience the authentic presence of God Almighty. I also experienced a washing away of my own plans and ambitions for my life. I remember that day where I chose to partner with him, and he began his
3: transformative work in my life. I remember the day I stood in the Lord's presence for the first time there was an awakening to the reality of the kingdom. The power that I had heard about all my life was now becoming real. And I came into contact with the fact that I didn't have it, (laughs) but in his presence, I felt capable and eager for conquest. And I began to hunger to know this conquering King that could change the things that I hated about myself.
0: Man, I remember the day that I stood in the Lord's presence, and I could feel it tangibly for the first time, where it became real to me. Suddenly, his reality was becoming my reality. I could feel his purpose entering me. It was piercing through the shroud of my own uselessness that had been my life up to that point. I felt his unity. I felt his vision. I felt his excitement about his future plans. I felt real, tangible freedom. Do you remember what that first day was like, church?
1: So that brought us to the week of May 2nd, and we moved in that week to remember step two and also reflection on what it was like to be brought out. I remember during that time that I was a slave, but he brought me out of there, man. This was the day where he met my dread and my depression with his overwhelming freedom. But this was just the beginning, not the end goal. Every day since... He has been showing me what greater freedom feels like, what it looks like, what walking in a greater life of freedom is supposed to produce for him. I remember that I was a
2: slave, but he
1: brought me out of there
2: on that day. Say that day. day. My bondage to sin was met with the freedom in Christ. My cowardice was turned to courage. I was delivered from the chaos around me that often took my emotions captive. I was brought out from slavery to anger, slavery to pride, to greed, and the fear of failure. By the strength of his own arm, he rescued me from that empty way of life. Now I cannot help
3: but be fettered to my king. Come on. I remember the day that I was a slave. But he brought me out of there. This was the day. The day Yahweh conquered my contemptuous, empty, skeptical heart. With his contentment and compassion. And I can confidently say he is continuing to make me a capable son.
0: I remember being no stranger to slavery in Pharaoh's house. I was in a prison of my own making that I could not find a way out of. But then he brought me out of there. He brought me into his kingdom of yeah. light. I'm finding every day his kingdom is bigger and better than I thought it could be. It's ever expanding and ever growing.
1: Yeah.
0: These first two steps
1: brought us to step Trey on this past Sunday. It was May 9th. Hey, can we put up the slide and talk through these first three remembrances together? I think my brothers are going to talk through step one, two, and three briefly with us. All right. Draw your eyes to that number one. In step one,
2: we remember the day we stood in his presence, as Deuteronomy 4 says, It was the day we received a status changed and were seated at the table.
3: In step two, we remember that we were slaves and that he brought you out as Deuteronomy 5 declares. He delivered you and he has a plan for you. What was predominant in your life is now the rare exception. You have a choice to continue to be transformed.
0: Come on. Step three, we remember what the Lord did to Pharaoh. Man, it's great he brought you out, but we remember what he did to Pharaoh. And moreover, what he will do to those seven giants left over in our land. Come on. If he delivered us when we were slaves, how much more will he transform us now that we are his sons? Come on, church. You can be secure sons in this kind of truth, can't you? Now, tonight,
1: Wednesday, May 12th. This night, I mean, not another, this one right here. We're going to continue reflecting on moreover. Are you guys ready for that? Yeah. Come on. We want to start with remembering these things ourselves. In remembering what the Lord did to Pharaoh, I am gaining confidence by the moment, knowing that I was a total slave to Pharaoh, and yet the Lord still chose to bring me out of that slavery into sonship. Come on, in reflecting on what he will do to those seven leftover giants in my land, I realize that I still have hidden enemies in my land that must be dealt with. But because the Lord delivered me from Pharaoh's hand and made me a son, I can be confident that my father will indeed help me with the enemies that still remain in my land. I know he'll do it. Amen. Come on. In remembering what the Lord did to Pharaoh,
2: I am gaining confidence, vision, and intestinal fortitude for the works God has prepared in advance for me to complete and reflecting on what he will do to those seven leftover Giants in my land I realize that I still have hidden enemies in my land that must be dealt with but because the Lord delivered me from Pharaoh's hand and made me a son say a son, a son. I have no insecurity about absolutely dominating those Giants that have hidden themselves in the land I know my father will stir them up so I can partner with him in driving them away.
3: And remembering what the Lord did to Pharaoh, I am gaining confidence knowing that I was worthless. But he bought me, and he will not fail to complete what he started in me now that I'm partnering with him in the work. And reflecting on what he will do to those seven giants left over in my land, I realize that I still have hidden enemies in my land that must be dealt with. But because the Lord delivered me from Pharaoh's hand and made me a son, I burn with expectancy, knowing for sure that those giants will be beat as fine as the dust.
0: Man. Man, when I personally remember, when I interact with what has been given, I remember what the Lord did to Pharaoh in my life. Man, it makes me grow in confidence, in courage, in real sincere conviction. That I serve the God of gods. I serve the Lord of the lords. I serve the master of all, and he is my father, and he has called me son, and it makes me secure. When I am reflecting on what he will do to those seven leftover giants in my land, I now recognize I currently today have hidden and hiding enemies in my land that must be dealt with. And I am in the territory that my righteous father assigns me. But there are still... Petulant, putrid remnants of the old life in me. Much like the Palestinian authority in Israel today. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but our father, the conquering son of David, will deal with those petulant leftovers both in us and in Israel today. Hallelujah. Psalm 19 gave us a clear description of the giants in our own lives. Now, we'll be discussing these giants tonight solely to the end of killing all of them. Yes. Not to hold on to them so we can get rid of them. Yeah. Psalm 19, 11 through 13. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors, those hidden things in your life? Forgive my hidden faults, the things that are unknown to you. You're not sure what it is. Keep your servant also from willful sins. You know what those are. Those are the things that we ignored. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. Man, the secret things that God is able to remove from us so that we will be innocent. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Saints, taken from this passage, these enemies, they've been hidden from me. They've been hidden from you. These enemies...
1: They have been unknown to you. Look, they have been ignored
3: by you. Or you have kept them secret. Partner with God, who will moreover deal with every last leftover, remnant, and remainder.
0: Come on, somebody say not for long. Not Not for long. long.
3: Speaking of moreover, let's reflect back upon the passage from Deuteronomy 7 that was our central scripture from Sunday's message.
0: Deuteronomy 7, verse 17, you may say to yourselves, these nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? Saints, we want to remind you tonight, every son is going to come to challenges, challenges subject or subsequent to salvation. They're going to feel bigger than you, and that's the point. Salvation is a birth. It's an entrance. It's what follows that is the growing up into Christ that is the head that we need. We follow our Father in ever-growing challenges. In this journey is where we find transformation. This is how we become like the one that is leading us. Now, these bigger-than-you problems, these giants in your land, they are an opportunity to grow, to gain, to grasp the ground that your Father has for you. Now, saints, you may have thought we were just speaking about sin. We're also talking about gaining ground. Moments such as these provide means by which you may be transformed into more than you are today. Does anyone want to be more than you are today? At this point in Israel's history, they are many years into their sonship. And so are many of you. The transformation that you need may seem impossible. But we want to tell you no matter how long it's been, it is certainly not impossible. Remember what he has done, and he alone has done for you, that he will also empower you for the future. Believe his word, believe what he has spoken, what he is doing now and what he will do in the future. I think you heard this in a prophecy tonight. Through you now that you are a secure son in his house, how much more will he move in you? Come Come on. Verse 18
1: says, but do not be afraid of them. Remember well, remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. This this stirs something inside of me, because when I remember Pharaoh and I remember the bondage that was in my life, when I remember the dread that I was a slave to, when I remember the depression that I could not help but feel, when I remember that well, then something amazing happens. What the Lord has done for you in a very personal way, it causes your security to grow as a son so that you can know what your good father will do to the peoples, what he will do to the areas in your life, what he will do to your current habits that are displeasing to him or to the very things that you now currently fear. The same loving father that delivered you and I initially He's going to continue to be faithful to transform you and I.
2: Amen. He's going to continue to transform us. So in light of that, let's continue to verse 19. You saw with your own eyes the great trials, the signs and wonders, the mighty hand and outstretched arm with which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples you now fear. Come on. Look, when you are facing giant problems, say giant problems. Giant, giant problems. There is a need for transformation. Giant needs of deliverance. We are commanded to remember what he has already done. Come on. The first remember and the second remember are what you saw with your own eyes. They are the ways the Lord your God brought you out of there. The day you entered into salvation was amazing, But it is not the pinnacle of your existence. It was a beginning. Are you guys following that? The things that follow salvation, the maturing of the believer, the securing of a son, governing with Messiah on his throne as he is on his father's throne, surpasses your initial deliverance. The Bible actually speaks of Israel's future deliverance as being so amazing that no one will even remember the first. That's that's astounding. Your best days are yet to come. Say come the best is yet to come. Yeah. Best, best the transformation come. in your future is greater than what you have already experienced. That's something to get excited about. Yeah. Salvation is the starting of the journey, and the completion of it is even better. Your testimony is yours. It was your experience. It was uh, it was you that he did these things for. And so, verse twenty is life changing for you.
3: Come on, verse twenty. Moreover, oh, come on, moreover, the Lord your God will send the hornet among them until even the survivors who are hiding, who hide from you, have perished.
1: Gabe, I think I think we need a second opportunity there. Can we? Can you start that verse again for us?
3: Moreover, Moreover. Moreover. This word, moreover, in Hebrew, it indicates an escalation, an accumulation is happening. It means that if he delivered you initially, more so, how much more, moreover, will he deliver you in this case? The Hebrew is not just saying he saved you before and will do it again. It's escalating. Deliverance from one nation is amazing. Conquering seven, how much more? More 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 Church, as you engage with this verse, did you get the revelation of who is stirring up the enemies? It is God who sends the hornet to stir up the enemies. And it is because he is helping you. Did you ask yourself, why are there survivors? Well, There are survivors because they are hiding from you. Moreover, how much more in an escalating way, the Lord your God will stir up the enemies that have been hiding from you, unknown to you, ignored by you, or kept in secret by you because it is cumulative, escalating. He wants to destroy them and transform you into what he is. This should make you a secure son.
0: Saints, we are growing in our security as sons. Verse 21, do not be terrified by them. For the Lord your God who is among you is great and awesome. For step one all the way through three, it is your God is among you. And he is one who is great and awesome. We are going from him being a God to our God that is great and awesome. Verse 22, the
1: Lord your God will drive out those nations before you, little by little. You will not be allowed to eliminate them all at once, or the wild animals will multiply around you. You see, saints, that initial birth into his presence, the beginning of the salvation journey, it involved him liberating us from the largest enemies that we faced Up to that time. Come on. But now that we are sons, the enemies that we now have, they're taller. The tasks, they're bigger. And the salvation is also greater. In the initial deliverance, he did everything for you. But now you are his son and he desires to partner with you in the process. You and him together are going to destroy these enemies. And He will transform you into exactly what He is. The whole thing is little by little; it's step by step by step. And He is the good Father holding your hand with little steps of maturity that turn into a walk of
2: a secure son. Amen. Come on. From the moment you stood in His presence, your Father was with you. Come on. Come on. Bringing you into a realization of your sonship. With him and giving you confidence and security
3: that he would be with you. At this current moment, your father is still with you. Reminding you of how he already brought you out of slavery from Pharaoh. How much more will he continue transforming you to this day and beyond?
0: In the coming days, your good father is not done with you or the work in your life. Praise God. The greatest fights are yet to come. Which also means that the greatest growth and the greatest triumphs are still yet to come. Yeah. They're in your future. Look, turn with us to Romans chapter 5, and this will serve as our main text for the evening.
1: Yeah, you, you can say moreover or how much more as you get to Romans chapter 5. We, we've got something special for you how much, how much more? more in light of how much more our father desires to accomplish in each one of our lives is that true is that not so true Romans the 5th chapter it contains something very special for us tonight as you're turning there you should know something about this chapter Paul is writing to Rome here and he tells them in this particular chapter four times how good the Lord was to them when they came into his presence for the first time. But he doesn't stop there. You see, there's four times that he points back to the first time that these Romans came into the presence of the Lord. But he also goes on to say, how much more? And then he says something after that, those four times that is going to illuminate to us more about what we need to do now that we're reflecting on step three. Are you guys ready to read our first one in Romans 5, 9? Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? Hey, this is pivotal, guys. We've been justified by His blood. It already happened. It was merciful. It was amazing. It was fantastic. But how much more... Will we continue to be saved through him?
2: Amen. Come on, church. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 6. I'm not going to have you turn there. I'm going to expound on this point. This is verse 9 through 11. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor the male prostitutes, nor the homosexual offenders. Okay. Nor the thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the slanders, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That's a tall order. Now listen to verse 11. And that is what some of you were. Amen. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. The Lord. This is what some of you were. But you are washed in his blood, justified, and credited with righteousness. This sanctification is the ongoing uh, process of salvation in our lives. If if he saved us from the futility of those sinful acts, how much more will he save us from the coming wrath and prepare us to enter into his eternal kingdom? Now, church, notice that the word says some and not all. Perhaps... The matter is in your hands tonight. It's in your hands to consider the areas of your heart that God is stirring up. Think of those areas that you've kept hidden. But moreover, our king is showing us the way of righteousness because he desires for us to experience his presence
3: and not his wrath. Amen. Come on, church. We're picking up a little bit of pace here. So I'm going to read to you Ezra 10 verses 3 through 4. Now let us make a covenant before God our God to send away all these women and their children in accordance with the counsel of my Lord and of those who fear the commands of our God. Let it be done according to the law. Rise up. This matter is in your hands. We will support you. So take courage and do it. Consider how amazing this is. Come on. Isn't it amazing? Yes. This is amazing. Wait. Why is this amazing? Separate. This was Ezra acting as the hornet for Israel. Come on. The consequence for not separating was to be thrown out of the land under God's wrath. This is amazing because the redeemed people of God were saved from wrath because they were able to see the hornet of the Lord working through their brother. That's good. It didn't take a premonition from the Lord. It didn't take a prophet saying, you are the man. They actually could see the hornet of the Lord working through their brothers. That is why this is amazing. He was a priest among a people destined to be a nation of priests. Take courage and do it. This matter is in your hands. The more you can accept the hornet in your life coming from your brothers, the faster you will grow. You are justified, but how much more will you be saved from God's wrath by the hornet through your brothers? Come on. That's good word. As a side note, think of Nehemiah. He also does this for Israel.
1: There's a compelling pattern. In this. Wow. Also, Nathan does this for David. You see, the hornet that we are asking for, the hornet that the Lord will be faithful to stir up in our lives, it's something beautiful and it takes all kinds of shapes and sizes. You know, it even shows up as a brother. And that's what we're highlighting in, in this point number one. But also consider something else. You aren't deciding yourself what gets stirred up. It's not your decision like, oh, yeah. Today, I want to make sure that this gets stirred up so that I can pray and crowd to the Lord and he can deal with it. Yeah, it's not your decision. It's not, it's not something that you can pick. But that should be a comforting thing to you, church.
0: Come on. Because
1: it's God's decision. It's your father's decision. And you know his character. You know that he is loving. You know that he is a discerning father. And he knows exactly what he's doing with you. Come what on. you were is now in the past. But the obedience to deal with the enemies that God's hornet stirs up for you, it's in your hands tonight. We want to encourage you as we continue in our second How Much More passage from Romans 5. It's time to rise up. The matter is in your hands. Take courage and deal with these survivors remaining in your land.
2: Come on, take courage and get excited because we get to participate in his life. Church. Go to verse 10 of Romans 5. For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how How much much more, more. Uh, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Come on. Look, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. How much more, Abimbola Deramola, will we
3: participate in his life? Hey, let's take this all the way back to the beginning. Through Adam's spiritual death in Genesis 3.15, we received the promise of the serpent's head being crushed. Through the life and line of Seth, we received the redemption of the Adamic line. The death of Adam gave us a promise of victory. The life of the son brought us the completion of the promise.
0: Oh, come on. Man, we have some spirit-filled disciples in this room, right? Cody, do you want to grow into the man of God you are called to? Marlin, are you growing and becoming more adequate by the day? Yeah. Brother Paul, do you want to grow into the man that you were called to? <laughs> I want to tell you about a man named Apollos in Acts 18. In Acts 18, there was a man named Apollos that was learned, that had a thorough knowledge of the scripture. He had been instructed in the right way. Man, the guy spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately even began to speak boldly in the synagogue in the religious settings of his day. But he met somebody named Priscilla and Aquila. And they explained to him the way of God more adequately. Somebody say more. More. Adequately. Adequately. It goes on to say that after his interaction with them, something changed. Something began to grow. He began to vigorously speak and refute those who opposed the gospel. Apollos was reconciled by the death of christ he was reconciled through the baptism of john and repentance but man when he tasted of resurrection power the power of the spirit that raised christ to life he vigorously spoke of the gospel there are men and women in this room that you have tasted of good things but that hornet is coming into your life that you may experience more and it dramatically changes your ministry You want to multiply ministry? You want to maximize your marriage? You want to see your children grow? It will come through the hornet of God showing you where you must grow, how you will grow. I want a vigorous faith, not an impotent one. Do you want an impotent faith? No. Then let your faith and knowledge advance into the adequacy Christ has granted you already.
2: Uh, Nothing can stop our God. And nothing will stop you, church, if you continue to let the king of kings transform you. Like Adam, in Christ, all the promises are completed. Every promise that God says will be completed will be completed. In the life of Christ, men like Apollos go from nominal to exceptional. And if you trust him with your life, I promise you that Christ will make your nominal life exceptional. But this is a process, and it is a joy to walk in it.
3: Let's go to Romans 5.15. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man... How much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? You were a dead man. Dead. Dead because of the trespass of one. Numero uno. Then how much more will grace overflow in you and many others because of Messiah?
0: Oh, come on. The brother said that trespass had done one thing. But something has progressed. Something has begun to overflow. Not a one-time occurrence, but like a bubbling spring. Grace was beginning to abound. Anybody want to give me a working definition of grace in this house? Oh, one more time. That was way too shy. You sounded Baptist. I want to talk to you about some men who experienced power over sin. 1 Timothy 1 begins, grace, mercy, and peace. 2 Timothy 2 begins, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is Christ Jesus. So, so far we have power over sin. Be strong in it growing. We have mercy from the Heavenly Father and we have right order shalom on earth. Man, Titus 1 says to Titus, my true son in the common faith, Grace and peace, much power over sin and much right order with God. I want to tell you, each of these passages have something in common. Do you know what it is? There was unfinished business in an area that they had to go complete. On. The hornet was stirring something up and Timothy was left to fix it. To hunt it down. To entrust a reliable man the gospel. Come on, I'm going to read you my favorite of the three though. To Titus, my true son, and our common faith. Grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished. Saints, we got some unfinished business in the house of God. Come on. Titus was a man of God that was growing in grace and shalom right order every day. But he was blessed by these things defined by power over sin and shalom because he was hunting down the things that were left in the land. Saints, you want to experience that grace? You want to experience that right order? then hunt it down and entrust what you have learned to reliable men. You know,
1: talking about Timothy, talking about Titus, it reminds us of the people in this room. It reminds us of faithful disciples that are growing on a daily basis. And it also reminds me of a man named Philemon. In Philemon 1, it says the following. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, Man, how cool is that? Paul and Timothy writing together to another disciple. Come on. It's almost Come on. like Timothy had been asking, Lord, please send the hornet into my life. Because if you don't send the hornet, then I don't know what your grace is supposed to be accomplishing in me. Come on. If you don't stir up what you desire in my life, then I don't know where I'm supposed to be battling with your grace. I'm just kind of stumbling around in the darkness, hoping that I that I get somewhere that I'm guessing at. We need to ask, like Timothy, we need to ask for the hornet in our lives. Continue reading. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Look at this. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul and Timothy addressing Philemon and the grace that is active in their lives. It's actually overflowing onto their disciple Philemon and onto the other disciples. Let's keep reading. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing in christ it sounds like they're talking to philemon and they're helping him to point at the goal hey philemon you need to be active hey philemon your goal is to have a full understanding of every good thing you have in christ the lord's so faithful to us yeah he's faithful to give us victory but he's also faithful not to give us an inheritance all at once Because he's a good father. He knows who we are. He knows what he's doing. Paul is counseling disciples, and he's highlighting a pivotal truth that step by step, through the grace, the power over sin that is working in your life, and through your active involvement in the process, you're going to continue to be transformed. This concept, it reminds me of Jesus. It reminds me of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember back to those moments, the moments that he's crying out to his father. Before Gethsemane, Jesus was perfect in every way. He was perfect in every stage up to that point. Yeah. But even Jesus was not allowed to deal with all of his giants at once. You guys ever thought about that? Yeah. Jesus had giants that were to come, and then when he got to places like Gethsemane, He realized that they were still there and that he still needed the grace of his father to pull him through. Even Jesus went through this process because he had the same good father that you and I do. He was always in need of that active partnership. What about David facing Goliath? David remembered the lion and the bear during those times with Goliath and the other giants. He was faithful to remember those things. And he received grace in the past. And so he knew that when he was actively involved in the process right now, the Lord would continue to help him to face giants and to defeat them. You know, this culminated into something really, really good. Because at that time of Goliath, what David didn't know was that there were Ammonites and Moabites in his future more grace and shalom was going to be needed in David's life for the future. When you come to enemies who are stronger than you, when you come, not if you come, when you come to those enemies that are stronger, you must look backwards for strength. We will eventually be able to see piles of giants in that rearview mirror. Come on. When you're looking backwards in your car and you got that rearview mirror, Picture looking backwards in your walk with the Lord, in your walk with the Father. You're going to see piles of giants. You're going to see piles of victories in your rearview mirror. They're going to grow and grow and grow and increase. And you're only going to get more confident in your Father as you walk with Him. Your understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ will also continue to grow and grow.
3: Come on, I can't help but see a Titus and a Timothy. Who are helping us deal with what the hornet is stirring up in our lives. Do you want more grace and power over sin? Yes. Do you want greater understanding? Yes. Then we have before us the tools we need to live a righteous life.
0: Look, as we go to Romans five, seventeen, I am certain that I'm the only one in the room who's ever wanted to deal with everything that the Hornet could possibly produce and then be done with it. Like I wanted to get it all out of the way. But I personally, because I'm the only one, have been finding out that my need for His grace, power over sin, is increasing by the day. Yeah, yeah. Romans 5.17 For if by the t- trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how, how much, much more, more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace. Man, when the pastors come back, you're gonna to have to tell them we preached on grace. Yes, make sure it sounded like it was a denominational servant. Ooh. But you know that's not the kind of grace that the Bible speaks about. God's abundant provision of grace. Why would you need an abundant provision? Perhaps because you have an abundance of enemies that you need to be empowered over. How about that? And of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Death was reigning in all of our lives. Death, slavery, that was our previous condition and he saved us. But how much more will his provision of grace, abundant grace, and his gift of righteousness reigning? Come on, say it with me, how much more? How much more? When you partner with God and his divine power, Instead of Pharaoh, he will reign in righteousness over your life, and that will be your testimony. Come on.
1: <laughs> Revelation 22, 3 through 5, is such an amazing passage in light of this abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness to reign. Verse 3 says, No longer will there be any curse. Praise uh, God for that. Yeah. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. And his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And what are they going to be wearing again? They're going to be wearing those white robes while this is happening. You see, he's going to actually give them the gift of righteousness in order to reign. Look at verse 5. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they, as in like us right here, we will reign forever and ever. Come on. Our process of how much more, our process of receiving grace and then an abundant provision of grace, that's what's waiting for us in this life, but what's waiting for us in the next is his gift of righteousness to reign with him. Come on. It's leading to this pivotal point that we're reading about. the point where we reach perfection in him. The point where we're reigning together with him in righteousness forever and ever. The process to reach this point, I want you to hear this. Come on. It centers around partnership with your father. Oh, come on. It centers around your decision to partner with him. It centers around your decision to trust him in a partnership. What he did for you at the beginning, it was free. He handed it to you. Nothing was required of you. But what he is doing in you now and what he wants to accomplish in you tomorrow requires a partnership with him. It's never over and done with until we reach that perfected stage and where we can say, ha ha, now I'm wearing those white robes of righteousness and now I am ruling and reigning with my king.
2: Church, do you want partnership with the Lord? Yes. Yes. Do you want partnership with the Lord? Yes. Yes. I can promise you it will return the fruit that it's supposed to. We started tonight in Deuteronomy 7. I just want to recap some of the things that were said. It was said that these nations are stronger than we are.
0: How can we drive
2: them out? How? 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 Wow. But moreover, the Lord sent a hornet to stir up the enemies of God, and the encouragement to the people was to not be terrified because God was going to take care of it. Come on. Where did this culminate? Cuz many years later we see the fulfillment in Joshua. This is Joshua 24. Here, Joshua is recounting what was stated to Moses years earlier, but had now come to pass. I love when you get to see promises fulfilled in Scripture. Damn, what God had promised in Deuteronomy 7 is now culminating in Joshua 24. He sent the hornet to the enemies of his people so that his people could identify them and drive them out. Say, drive them out. Drive, drive them, them out. out. Look, if he freed you from your bondage to Pharaoh when you were still a slave... Unjustified, unreconciled, dead in your sin, how much more now that you are a son? This is a process where the Lord sends the hornet to stir up these enemies that still remain. Oh, come on. He brings them to the surface so that we can partner with him to kill them. Come on. Say kill them. Kill, kill them. them. That means put an end to their life. <laughs> At the beginning of the campaign. Bed. I, I have a medical background. Very educated and. death.
1: Coded. At, coded. Completely coded. No, completely no pulse. Completely coded. No left. pulse. No breath. There's no
2: respiration. All vitals are zero. <laughs> Moving on. At the beginning of the campaign, Joshua exhorted the people to pick up their swords and
1: bow. This was their part in fulfilling the call. Did you guys get that? At the beginning, Joshua said, hey, pick up your pick up. sword and bow. This is your part in your partnership with the Lord. You pick it up. This is your time to partner with Him. This is your time to pick it up and go and fight.
2: But as an old man, Joshua is reminding them that it was never their sword and bow that did it. Come on. It was always the miraculous power of their God accomplishing it through His people. This will be true
0: for you tonight, church. Saints. What we just read in Romans spoke about his righteousness reigning. The means by which this is done was through abundant grace. Come on. It was no different between Deuteronomy 7 to Joshua 24. They had to pick up a sword. They had to pick up a bow. They had to do what God told them to do. Come on. But it was never by their own strength. Yeah. Man, we are facing down some challenges ahead of us. Yeah. Things that God has called out of this body. And it's time that we walk in the abundant grace that he's called you to. Why? So that righteousness will reign. We are looking for the coming kingdom of God. And it is brought about by men and women who choose to stand and fight for him. And trust that he will make up the difference as you do what is right. Look, death was reigning in all of our lives. We were under slavery. We were under Pharaoh. But how much more will his provision of powerful grace Be under his reign of righteousness. Saints, that's what we're learning to walk in. He will reign and he will reign in righteousness over all. He will do it until every wrong has been made right. He will bring with him his reward and his recompense. No enemy will stand. Right now, your deeds, LCM. Your deeds, Steve Thomas. Your deeds, Andrew Hayes. They can speak to the world around and to your father that he is the Lord, our righteousness, that he's the Lord, my righteousness, that I reckon with the fact that there are enemies, but I'm participating in his abundant grace and they're falling day by day. Just you wait until you see that pile behind me of testimonies God is building.
3: Come on. First Corinthians fifteen twenty-two through 25. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive right now. But each man in his own turn. Christ the first fruits. Then when he comes, those belong to him. Then the end will come where he hands over the kingdom to God the Father. After he has destroyed all enemies in dominion right now. After he has destroyed authority and power right now. He must reign until he has put all enemies underfoot right now. He must reign over all and put all enemies underfoot. My God, my God, bring the hornet in our lives. You call, must call out to him to bring the hornet in your marriage. Are your private conversations with your wife as upright as they are at dinner with your pastor? You must call out for the hornet in raising your kids. Do you really want the entire church to discipline your children as the family of believers? You must call for the hornet in your occupation. Do I have a Gabriel work version and then a spiritual Gabriel? Do you have two versions based off of what you're doing in the day? You must call out for the hornet in your friendships. Are they based off of race, occupation, mutual sin problems? or any other debase, arbitrary thing. You must call out for the hornet. Yeah. This last one's obvious. You must call out for the hornet in your private thoughts and feelings. We don't even know why we're thinking most of the time. We need the hornet in our lives now. Yeah. How much more do we need the hornet every day making the Lord, Him Lord in our lives until we reign with Him in eternity?
0: want to pause just for a second on something he just said. If you knew why you were thinking what you were thinking, then you would stop doing it. Yep. You need the hornet and God's spirit moving on you so that you might identify the things that are hidden from you. Come on. You remember that the enemies were hiding? They weren't looking to be found. You must cry out for the God who can show them to you. There is an abundant amount of grace that can will should belongs to you that is available right now if you're willing to ask for the hornet in your life to show you how to kill it come on we got just a
3: couple more minutes here and i want to drive home this can happen in this very moment they're going to be driven out little by little but you can start right now Mighty God, I'm not a good husband. I can't see why I want to be a good leader. Show me how, bring the hornet. My God, my God, I don't know why I can't be a good father to my kids. I am trying, I am crying out to you, bring the hornet. Look at me, stand to your feet now, act now. Prepare yourself for the total transformation of your being you so eagerly desire from Yahweh God. Holy one, we trust you, Jesus, we need you, send the hornet, mighty God, root out of us what we can't see, Lord, what we have kept secret, what we have ignored, mighty God, we want these enemies to fall and we
1: know you will pour them out like mud in the streets, Jesus, Jesus, come to us now.